Well, I don't know how much you follow how the lectionary is put together, but we are in a four-week period of looking at various letters from the New Testament. Usually we break things up by weeks, but we have four weeks for three letters, and since we have six days a week, do the math, four times six, 24, eight days each (laughs) for three letters. Today is our first day with Colossians. The interesting thing is of the eight days that we have selections from Colossians that the church has given us, half of them come from the introduction to the letter. We have found a lot to grab onto in this introduction, even though it wasn't meant to be the central part. And so what we're going to focus on today with that reading is sort of a thought about how God works in unexpected ways in our lives. There are 13 letters in the New Testament that are attributed to St. Paul, but we're only fairly confident that he wrote seven of those 13. We now, most scholars would say that the other six were written by people maybe a generation later, but using Paul's name. And we'll talk more about what that means for us and what these are. But Colossians is one of the border letters. Um, It is considered one of the six that isn't written by Paul, but more scholars make a case that maybe this was written by Paul. But the sentence structure and the vocabulary is very different from those seven known letters of Paul. But someone really went out of their way to try to make this credible. We have in the letter of Philemon, which we will hear from this Sunday, the one day in the three years that we hear Philemon on a Sunday at Mass, that Paul never went to Colossae, the city. So we know they had a connection, but not a strong one. And the city of Colossae was destroyed by an earthquake while Paul was still alive. So there wouldn't be a whole lot of evidence out there left if Paul had gone to Colossae anyway later. But what are we to do with this letter that maybe wasn't written by Paul? Should it be in the Bible? Well, yes, we believe it is. It should be. Because the early church recognized this as inspired, inspired teaching. And of course, they didn't have the same rules about plagiarism that we have at UT today. The idea back then was that you would write in the name of somebody else because that way people would read what you wrote. We still believe the message of Colossians is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the main point of this letter, we believe, was to address some kind of philosophy that was going through this Greek town that um, was contrary to the gospel, but was very enticing to the Christians to try to make work with Christianity, even though it was at odds with it. We don't know the specifics. Lots of scholars have tried to offer their ideas, but there's no consensus. But the church has found other things in Colossians even more inspiring. And there's two really main points to know about Colossians. The first one is it is the first of the it includes the first of what are called the household codes. We're much more familiar with the one from Ephesians, but Ephesians is based on Colossians. And so that inspiration and those scriptures that we can quote from Ephesians, a lot of them come from this Colossians writing. But the other thing is this greeting. This first chapter, the introduction, as the author is setting up his argument, and it's based mostly on thanksgiving, he also cites an ancient hymn 
it is actually our reading for Friday, but since we don't have Mass here, I figured I could mention it today. A hymn that was written probably earlier, but we have no other record of this hymn. And the hymn is probably one of the most influential bits of Scripture, six verses that really give us an understanding of who Jesus was as the Christ. It is where both of my, my, both my Christian anthropology and my Christology classes began. It is the first passage I will share with those in RCIA to talk about Jesus Christ. You've heard it before. Here it is again. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he himself might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of his cross through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. We would be a much poorer church without that hymn, without the letter to the Colossians. Let us pray. Jesus, God of the cosmos, word of God, you work for our salvation in mysterious ways. May we recognize your presence in all we do, all we experience, and all that we are.